You're listening to the Crossing DE podcast from The Crossing in Milton, Delaware, a community dedicated to developing devoted followers of Jesus. Welcome, and unfortunately, uh, I've been hacked. Several of you got some uh, rude emails asking for different things and Amazon cards and things. Now, you know, I don't mind your Amazon cards. Just give them to me personally. Don't be emailing them to anybody. So, so sorry that that happened. Still trying to figure it all out. But it's May 1st, right? Amen? It's May, May 1. Now, that, now that tells me we only have 17 more days before the interns arrive. The interns are coming. Yes, we're excited. And I want to thank you for embracing this ministry. Thank you for uh, being willing to invest so much in the you know, next generation of kingdom workers. And we're so grateful. We're excited about our internship uh, program. It's May 1st. And that also tells me that we have 20 more days till the yard sale. <laughs> the yard sale. Now, I know last week Dawn got up and told you, uh, you know, tried to, uh, you know, her goal was to give you some restrictions. There's some things we don't want you to bring, all right? And, you know, she tried her best. I, I just, so, you know, she told you, you know, don't be bringing those old dinosaur computer components, right? Throw them in the garbage. They're worthless. And uh, she said, you know, they're not taking, they're not, we're not accepting, you know, those big fat TVs. Now, if you have a flat screen, 65 inch, you know, put it in my office. But it's um, just, you know, and really, if it's junk, just throw it away. Our dumpster's only this big. So if it's trash, throw it away. But, and I know Dawn tried, you know, she talked about those undergarments. I just don't appreciate how she delivered the message because uh, she was like, hey, don't bring the undergarments because they end up on Mark's desk. Now, that sounded like an invitation, not a warning. (laughs) That's inappropriate because Austin digs in the trash, finds them, and puts them on my desk. That ain't right. That ain't right. Yard sale. Hey, I saw some of you... um, operating the Sunday strategy. Thank you. I love that. It's just about welcoming people. If you're uh, not sure about what the Sunday strategy is, you can read the last e-blast and and that'll help you do that. I appreciate that. Hey, would you add to your prayer list? Keep praying for Engage, right? Our Engage three-year strategy. In the next three years, we want to succeed with this Engage strategy, uh, which is missional community, right? Missional community. The DD stands for uh, digital discipleship, leaning into discipling people, even online, even more than, we, than we're doing. Uh, DD does not stand for Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, you know, that's fine too, but digital discipleship and then intentional leadership. Across the board, just intentional leadership. Keep praying. Keep praying. So today we continue our sermon series, The Chosen. Right? One more month. It's going to go right through the month of May. The chosen. First Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? The chosen. The Chosen is also the name of a TV series we're following, right? 
And today's message sets up season two, episode four, The Perfect Opportunity. That's your homework. Season two, episode four, The Perfect Opportunity. It's a good one. It's a good one. Today, the Word of God that I have asked the Holy Spirit to use today to transform us and to challenge us and to mature us comes from John chapter 5. Now, you don't have to turn there. I just want you to listen to this episode uh, from the life of Jesus. John chapter 5, starting with verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades, five porches. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters, The first one into the pool after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. Um, I want you to know that in most of your Bibles, you're not going to read that verse 4. It's in a footnote because most of the earliest manuscripts that we have in the original language did not include verse 4. It seems that the scribes put in verse 4 as an explanation of why they're there because some thought... An angel would come every once in a while, stir the waters, and bring healing. That's why you probably won't see it in your reading. Verse 5 goes on. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition a long time, he asked them, he asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, pick up your, uh, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. The plot thickens. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Goodness. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in the temple. And he said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. 
In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to this very day. I too am working. Uh, For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Lord Jesus, bless the preaching of your word in this place. Amen? Friends, this is one, this story is one of seven of the miracles John chooses to record in his gospel. One of only seven. And John calls this a sign. He calls miracles a sign. And a sign is something that always points to something else. A sign is something that always points to something greater than the sign itself. I love John's conclusion in John chapter 21. John writes, Jesus performed all kinds of signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are recorded that you may trust that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by trusting in Him, so you may have life in His name. Amen? He wants all of you having new life. Friends, I want to be honest with you. This story is really weird to me. It's just weird. I mean, it's awesome, but it's a tad weird for me. And so what I I think I want to do, um, let's walk through this weird story. And uh, I want you to notice what all Jesus gave this man. He gave him his attention. He gave him a question. He gave him a command. And then he gave him a warning. Let's walk through those four things. First, Jesus gave him his attention. Gave him his attention. I mean, of all those people gathered at the pool that day, verse 3 says, it was the place where all the lame and the blind and the paralyzed with me. And it was a multitude there. Of all the people there, why this guy? Why would Jesus zero out this one guy? I mean, there's nothing in the text that indicates that he deserved it. Quite the opposite, actually. When you read into it. Why would Jesus choose this guy? My conclusion. This is just another illustration of undeserved grace. It's just another illustration of undeserved grace. Um, Actually, does anybody deserve his amazing grace? (laughs) I know I don't. And I pray that the Lord will keep me from the grumbling, complaining cycle of the question, Lord, why me? Because the real question, Lord, why not me? I mean, really, does anybody deserve His amazing grace? But Jesus just chose him. Just chose to give him his attention. He was chosen. 
And then Jesus gives him a question. Did you catch that? Do you want to be healed? This guy has been paralyzed for 38 years and Jesus stoops down and asks him, do you want to get well? Kind of feels like a dumb question. Now, I imagine that Jesus would never ask a dumb question, right? There's got to be something else going here. And he asked him, do you want to get well? Did you notice he didn't answer the question? I would have been like, um, yeah, let's go. Show me what you got. Get me out of here. You know, and he didn't even answer the question. I mean, he gave an answer, but he didn't answer the question. Did you remember his answer? And I imagine it to be with the most whiny voice ever. No one will help me. When the water stirred, I try to get in and somebody gets ahead of No one will help me. Mm. I would have been like, dude, if you think you can't, you're right. I would have been, dude, if you keep concluding uh, there's no way. Well, there probably is no way. But Jesus didn't correct his attitude. He just healed him. With a word. One word. Thirdly, he gave, Jesus gave him a command. In the Greek, it's one word. Rise. The NIV says, get up. Take up your mat and walk. With one word. Oh, the word of Jesus. You do realize the word of Jesus is the word of God. And it's so powerful. Just one word. So powerful. The author of Hebrews says this about Jesus. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Just one word. Wow. And then... Lastly, kind of at the end of the story, the conclusion of the story, he circles around, Jesus circles around to find him again. And verse 14 says, he found him in the temple and he said to him, because he's given him a warning. He says to him, stop sinning or something worse will happen. He gives him a warning. As if to say, don't go back to the mess who got you there. Don't go back to the old life, you know, that got you in trouble the first place. Don't go back there. And he serves a warning. Or something else, something worse may happen. 
what in the world would be worse than being paralyzed for 38 years? Hell is worse. Way worse. You see, Jesus didn't just want to heal this guy, physically heal this guy. Jesus wanted to spiritually heal this guy. Jesus wanted to, yeah, uh, make him physically whole, but Jesus wanted to make him spiritually whole. And this whole text started to remind me of what God says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Don't you know that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Don't you know that God's kindness to you is intended to lead you to repentance? Oh, I get it now. Jesus wanted to heal the dude so that he could heal the dude. I get it now. Okay. So what if we engage this story for ourselves? And I want to do that by asking you three questions. I want to ask you personally three questions. Question number one. What has you down? What has you down? What has you paralyzed these days? What has you stuck Now, I know on Sunday mornings we get dressed up and we come in here, we come and join the multitude at the crossing, and your hurt is disguised. Your hurt's not obvious sometimes. Most of the time, your hurt's not obvious. But that doesn't mean it's not there. Am I right? What's got you down? An addiction? Anxiety? Broken heart? Have your dreams been dashed? Are you depressed? Has there been a report of disease? Is there an estranged relationship? Is there a wayward child? Have you been hacked? What has you down? Not quite yet recovered from this COVID thing? Are you facing a major disappointment? Are you grieving? Have you lost a loved one? Have you lost finances? Have you lost a job? Do you, are you forced to move? What has you down? The truth is everyone hurts. What has you down? Question number two. Do you want to get well? Would you like to be made whole? It's possible. With one word, this man's life changed. And so if you want to be made well. If you want to become whole, can my best advice is to listen to the command of Jesus. Just listen to his word. Listen to the command of Jesus. In this story that we're looking at with one word, life changed. So what's he telling you? 
What's he want for you? What's he commanding you? What's he asking you to start? What's he asking you to stop? Listen to the command of Jesus. Oh, his word is so powerful. The third question, lastly, do you want a new life? Do you want a new life? This, in our story, this undeserving man <laughs> received new life, brand new life. That's what Jesus offers. In Jesus, you, even you, can have a brand new life that's marked with total forgiveness and power, the power of his spirit. That's what Jesus offers. The more I wrestled with the weirdness of this story, the more amazed it became. Can you imagine this guy's physical condition after being bedridden for 38 years? The atrophy, the deterioration, the shriveled, the withdrawn, right? The weakness. I tell you what, if you spend a week in a hospital, it's going to require a month of rehab to get you back to where you need to be, right? You've been there. Can you imagine how much rehab it's going to take this guy after being bedridden for 38 years? I'd hate to see the rehab bill on that one. I mean, tendons would have to be stretched, right? New muscles would have to be formed. Capillaries would have to be open. <laughs> Just one word. And he was healed. And given a brand new life. In my wrestle through the weirdness, I started to become amazed because this, this text actually dropped some hints of what the new life is to look like. I really appreciated that. There's some indicators here. The first indicator of what the new life that Jesus is calling to ought to look like, number one, walk in obedience. Jesus commanded a guy to get up, take, pick up your mat, and walk, and he did. And he walked out of there in obedience. Um, that's what the faith life is all about. The second indicator of what this new life ought to look like is this. Worship with gratitude. Worship with gratitude. The text tells us that um, the guy had no idea who healed him. And so Jesus circles back and finds him. Do you remember where he, Jesus found him? In the temple. I think that's pretty cool. In the temple. He found him in the temple, probably for the first time ever. Now, notice he didn't find him at Starbucks. He didn't find him on the golf course. He didn't find him down at the outlets. I mean, he would have needed new clothes, amen. Um, but he didn't find him at the outlet. He didn't, he didn't even find him back at the pool. Found him in the temple. Why do you think? I think you know it. To worship and to praise, and to thank, and to adore, and to, wow, I can walk. So this new life, we're going to walk in obedience, we're going to worship with gratitude, and one more, we're going to witness with joy. I kind of like the conclusion here. 
After everything was said and done, uh, this guy knew that the Pharisees had an attitude against Jesus. He knew uh, that, that they wanted to kill him. And so this guy had the boldness to get kind of in their face with a, Jesus did it. Jesus healed me. Jesus set me free. Jesus gave me a new life. And can't you imagine his life being so full of joy? In Jesus, you can have a new life. And it's a new way of life. Are you living the new life? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am so grateful for this weird story that you used in my life this week to, to be amazed. Your word is so powerful. With one word, you can change everything. Thank you for such a great example. Thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. That's him. been here the longest but doesn't belong the sad one well, why do I get the feeling this isn't just a meeting do we need to be on the lookout no just stay with me and watch Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so, That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you. 
Rose not helping. Rose getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool... It has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up. Pick up your mat. And walk. Like he said, don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information about The Crossing, visit thecrossingde.com or download the mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Music for today's podcast is from artist Sounds Like Sander, under license from soundstripe.com.